What's up, everybody? Welcome to Investing in Cannabis. I'm your host, Brandon David. If you're a fan of this show, if you watch the show all the time, well, thank you. Awesome. Uh, if you're not, it's your first time. This is a show we talk to early stage founders. We talk to investors, lawmakers, people helping move the movement forward. Move the movement forward. You like that? But in the most business and professional way possible, that's exactly what we have here today. Awesome founder with us today. One of the most dynamic in cannabis that I've come across. Uh, and this is episode, I think, 19 or 20 or something. So producer shaking his head, yes, 19 or 20. Are you ever sure exactly which episode it is? I'm not. Okay. I'm not. Yeah. Well, a we're, rough estimate. Well, we like kind of make a schedule. And anyway, production notes. If you watch the show, we've talked about delivery over and over again. It's almost been commoditized at this piece. You also know that I work at a company that makes delivery software. So shout out OnFleet. We're in the OnFleet conference room uh, right now. Mind the... Uh, ping pong table. <laughs> but anyway, there's a whole new element to delivery, which is B2B delivery, right? We have to get it from the farmers or the producers to the dispensary so that fine people like yourself can go get it, right? So this is a whole new uh, batch of delivery companies, a whole new segment. And today we have the very best of them, the one that's far ahead anybody else, to be honest. I might be a little biased. We made friends before the show. <laughs> uh, but please welcome uh, from Trative, Aaron. How you doing, man? I'm doing thanks well. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for having yeah. me. Yeah, it's great. Good stuff. So tell us, what, what's Trative? Yeah, sure. So so Trative, I suppose, at a, at a more conceptual level is what you call a disintermediary platform. So there's a lot of disintermediary platforms out there. Amazon, to some extent, is a disintermediary platform. You get to buy goods a little bit closer to the producer, which then, of course, achieves you a low, lower consumer cost. So in cannabis and many other industries, um, both in the black market and the white market, typically you have a producer and then you have a retailer. And the entity that exists in between the two that sort of makes all that happen is a distributor. Mm -hmm. And this isn't too surprising that we still use this model. I mean, we've been using this model from the beginning of time. This is how trade sort of started. And, you know, technology has done a lot of things for us. But in the 90s, we had the dot-com sort of burst, you know, the bubble burst. And we weren't exactly sure how powerful technology was. Um, but now I think we're sitting at a much better vantage point. We know what technology can do. We know what its limitations are now. Um, and we know what we can build. And, and at this juncture in time, what we've built is a technology solution that replaces that distributor. Mm. And so we tie in with third-party transportation companies um, in the cannabis industry. Uh, of course, we tie in with labs. Um, so that all of those different steps in the supply chain that that distributor would normally provide for you, we've done it in a much more efficient manner with technology. And uh, it really allows you to sort of pick a la carte what it is you want to pay for, what level of service do you want, and so we achieve distribution um, costs uh, from anywhere between 1.5 and about 9% at the max, mm. at the max. Mm -hmm. That's delivered, that's tested, um, that's distributed, mm -hmm. right? Um, you know, in the past- and what would a number, yeah. yeah, what would a number have been previously? Right, so distributors in the past, um, you will never find one less than 20, uh, typically more like 30, and sometimes as high as 40, mm -hmm. both and, in the cannabis industry and without. And what's been cut out there specifically? a lot of heavy pieces, right? And a lot of inefficiency, a lot of inefficiency that at one point provided efficiency. Meaning I've got to move goods across the entire United States and I don't really have a technology solution that can do that for me. That requires a lot of staff, requires sales and marketing, that requires partnerships, that requires logistics, that requires a lot of really heavy stuff. Mm -hmm. um, our total assets in the company are probably somewhere between $2,500 and $5,000, and I think that's mostly computer and design equipment for our graphic designer and UX UI designer. Yep. 
Um, what we do is we tie in with other companies that, that their sole mission is to do transportation the best that they can. Mm -hmm. Sales and marketing, where their sole mission is to do sales and marketing as best as they can. And when we become the hub that ties those together and becomes the center or, or, or point of trade, that wields a lot of power um, and a lot of capability for the businesses that we represent. Um, but you don't have to do it with heavy assets. Mm -hmm. You do it with technology and APIs with partners. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that philosophy is near and dear to my heart. Right, you uh, know. Yeah. <laughs> as a member of Onfleetwood, my whole sales pitch is basically let you focus on what you do really well, That's right? right? Mm -hmm. uh, and it's interesting that you're passing that along now to the cannabis industry, right. uh, which traditionally is very non-technical. That's true. Uh, yeah. How do you deal with that? I mean, how do you convince someone that, right. that doesn't use computers every day that right. they should? So it's, 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 it's traditional change management. You know, you've got a system in place and even though it's bad, it's what's in place and it's what people are, are, are sort of used to, right? And, and everyone wants to improve. It's not, that, it's not that people don't recognize that technology is the solution, but taking a staff and mobilizing them to do something completely different, mm -hmm. that is, that's a challenge, mm -hmm. you know? And so, and so it is a struggle um, initially with our customers to sort of, uh, um, bridge that gap between you know, this completely new concept and what you've been doing for five and in some cases 20 years. Mm. Uh, but what we found is that it takes about four orders. Four orders. Mm. So the first order, everyone's really skeptical. Is this gonna work? How is this like, I've never done this before. And it works. And so we're talking about a dispensary, we're talking right? About, yeah, yeah, correct, right, yeah. So they hear about, where do they typically hear about you? Uh, word of mouth. Word of so mouth. So we do do some marketing, and we do public relations, yeah. and, and we do all those things, but typically it's So they hear about Trative, they read about mm -hmm. Canopy or whatever. whatever and Yeah, right. and then they say, okay, let me try this, and yep. they jump on there. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like an Etsy type type view to it, right? I mean, it's e-commerce, but, but B2B, that's what mm -hmm. we're talking about mm -hmm. here. Uh, and then what is their, their main piece of feedback immediately? I mean, what, what do they like about it? What they don't like about it? You know, right. what's the... So, so, we so typically, people don't know what to expect. They just ordered $35,000 worth of cannabis through a platform, and they're wondering, <laughs> is it gonna arrive? And then the, trans the transportation company we're tied in with delivers it, and they take the money, back to the seller and, and everyone's like, well, it worked. It worked, yeah. right? Oh my gosh, you yeah. know, my, the world is my oyster, right? right? And so then they're back on and they try it again and they're a little less skeptical. This time we don't get calls from both parties, right? right? right this right. time we see the they're transaction like, It was 35K, this is okay, yeah, yeah, right? Right, like, yeah. right, and, so, uh, and so, uh, so we do that and after the third one, they really like it mm. and they wanna use it more. Mm. And after the fourth one, they don't wanna use anything else. Mm -hmm. And so we've got a couple great customers, some of our first customers um, that, uh, I mean, one of, our, uh, one of our best producers just did, uh, they did $350,000 through the system in less than two weeks mm. um, with one of those orders being over 90,000. Wow. Um, and all, What's a typical order? Uh, 35,000. 35,000. Yeah. And so, and so, you know, they put that through and now they have absolute confidence that it's gonna work because they know there's a staff making sure that it does. Mm -hmm. And they don't have to worry about that anymore. And, but it's easy for us to do that because we have a system and a process and a technology platform in place to yep. do that at scale. Yep. And so we can do it for a lot of businesses for a very small amount of money. Yeah, mm -hmm. so on that 35K order, how much does Trative get out of that? Um, off that 35K, okay, I have to get out a calculator. Ah, uh, and round numbers are fine. Yeah, I think, so off a 35K order, 
uh, we would probably make about seven hundred dollars. Got it. Mm -hmm. And how mm -hmm. how is that formula constructed? How did you come to that? So what we try to do is we actually charge um, we charge a flat rate on the type of product, right? And and that rate is sort of how much effort it takes for us to make that transaction happen. If you have a packaged product and it never changes, meaning that whether the inventory is ten now and you reproduce them, the inventory is one hundred and fifty. In either case, the post remains the same. Right? It's the same packaged product. But if you're selling flour, it's much more dynamic. From one growth cycle to the next, it's going to change per, per strain or phenotype. Um, from, uh, you know, from one production cycle to the next, the strains you're going to grow are going to change. You know, it's, very, it's very dynamic. And, and so, you know, it's a little bit... And that opens a different question. I mean, is there any seasonality to it? Absolutely. It's actually kind of funny. It's like clockwork. What's popular in California will be popular in most other states one growth cycle later. What's popular? <laughs> Put it in the ground. It's interesting. It's like clockwork too. Um, well, I feel blessed to be a native California. Well, I know. Case, California, but. it's so funny. We're still ahead of the trends <laughs> line. Not in concentrates, but flour certainly. Yeah. 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 What do you think, where, we, where do we fall behind in the concentrate? I think it's, to be, to be quite frank, I think it's sophistication with regulation. Mm. Regulation allows for you to do more legitimate, larger operations using things like BHO in a safe manner, which allows you to R&D um, a little bit more efficiently, yep. right? A little more effectively. Yep. And so, and that's, you know, you know, with the, everyone knows that in California you can consume concentrates, you can sell concentrates, but it's not quite clear if you can produce concentrates. Right. And right. so, of course, so that being in the back of every producer's mind is they're a little quiet about it, they're a little careful. You're not gonna get a 7,000 or 75,000 square foot warehouse to do mm. a large R&D facility. Mm. You're just mm. not gonna do it. Mm. Regulation provides you that, that ability and that's why I think Colorado at this time, Washington catching up, is just a little farther on that game. But it's not, because it's not any fault of anyone here. Right. It's just a matter of And what, what chunk of your business is oil versus flowers versus edibles? What's the distribution like? So, so this is going to change over time because of different features that we, that we roll out and as our understanding of the market evolves. So currently we're about 85% flour, about 15% others. Mm. Um, I think we'll move to a more balanced sort of, um, sort of distribution percentage. Um, that more mirrors the market. Yeah. Once we develop the tools that pro that producers need specifically to service their current clients. Oh, I see. Mm -hmm. I see. So there's a bunch of legacy accounts waiting out there that are sort of feature blocked. That's the, exactly. Yeah. But, you know. So for instance, you know, let's say you're an edibles company, you distribute to 15 different businesses currently. Well, you don't want to have to put your goods on a marketplace and have people just you know buy them freely on the marketplace because you want to make sure you 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 maintain those accounts. Mm. So you know we uh, um, we're just about done with a sort of automatic reorder system. As the inventory um, drops or the acceleration and speed in which it drops, there's an automatic reorder point mm. for products that you've told us that you want to keep in stock. Sure. And as long as that edible Amazon producer, Prime, right? Amazon yeah. Prime. And if that edible product for whatever reason is not available, and you need an edible product to fill that category. We'll provide you an affinity suggestion that might meet your customers' needs. Got it. Yeah. Incredible. Clearly a huge market for it. I'm surprised to hear that it's mainly flowers still. Because if you look at the distribution just in tax revenue, sure. for example, in, mm -hmm. in the state of Colorado, right. it's a ton of edibles, right? It's actually more edibles mm -hmm. today than flowers, I think. Isn't that the distribution well, that's taken over or no? Well, think of it this way. If there was an edible produced, it's because flour moved first. I see. You know, yeah. everything starts with flour. Right. Everything. You yeah. Know, whether, whether you're doing business with edible companies or processors or dispensaries, they all mm. need 
flour. Mm. They don't all necessarily need edibles or concentrates because they might produce some things in the house. Flour is where it all begins. It's where the whole market, it's where everything moves. Mm. Um, and so that's what we concentrate on. It's also the most dynamic and the one that most people have been scared of doing. Mm -hmm. But once you move past the challenge of doing it and you start to learn about it and you leverage data, which is the most important piece, leveraging the data to help you understand the, di the, the, the dynamics, yeah. it, it, you have a lot of power in how you can, can help businesses make better decisions and to help sort of tame an unruly market, at least for what they have to interact with. Got it. So do you have a big uh, percentage of the uh, weight that is uh, lower grade? If it's going to uh -huh. an edible producer or someone that's going to make concentrates, what's the distribution between like the good shit and, you know. And the bad shit? Yeah. Well, so some people still buy bad shit to sell. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> most people buy, um, you know, typically trim's an interesting thing. Trim, trim varies all the time. Uh, and there's really three categories of trim. You've got actual trim. Was it machine cut or hand cut? A little mm -hmm. bit of a difference there. Is it popcorn buds? That's going to achieve a higher price point because to, to a processor, that's almost a nug run. Mm. To, 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 to a consumer, that's popcorn buds, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But they kind of produce the same thing. Yeah. They just don't look as nice. Yeah. So those actually Yeah, I'm always high. about it. I'm like, I'll take the last of it. Yeah, I don't sure. Care. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't want trim. I don't want shake. Natural. But like the little buds, like yeah. those fit grinder in the grinder. Great. They, you know? they, yeah, yeah, they're all the same after you grind them <laughs> up, right? And, uh, and so, so yeah, you know, um, but the, so there's actually some decent product, decent product um, that's, you know, it's consumable, you yeah. know, if you're not too picky yeah. for like 1800 a pound. Um, but most of the stuff, when you're talking top shelf in Colorado, it's 3,000 a pound, yeah. and that comes in two forms. Outdoor, organic, well-tended, and then premium indoor. Mm. 3,000 a pound right now. Mm. Mm -hmm. Do you have a preference between those? I, you know, I like soil, outdoor, sun-grown. Really? I do. Really? Yeah. I'm all about that hydro, man. Are you? Yeah, I really yeah. am. I mean, I appreciate both. I also take dabs. Yeah. So like, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know, so it's... It's not the dabs you know. are kind of a crazy thing. I don't know. I, I think it's very different. I think the whole like oil concentrate yeah. is a very different feeling. It is. Uh, than I think it's a less fulfilling feeling. Yeah. Totally. But it's a little bit more powerful and like on the edge. Yeah. And I think that's why I like it. Yeah. But I still it has its place. It, it has, has its, its place. place. Yeah. 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 Like you don't you know we're enjoying a, a whiskey or something. That's one thing. If we went and took like a well, that's Yager not just shot. apple juice. I thought. I thought. Maybe. Yeah, it's apple juice. Right? That's right. Yeah. I love apple juice. Um, I actually hate apple juice. Got it. Well, while we're talking about alcohol, yeah, uh, the future of Trative right. is pretty interesting. It could right? be. Can you, yeah. Can you tell us a be. little bit of your thoughts around that? Well, so you know, when I was talking about that distributor relationship earlier. That's really the relationship that many industries share. You know, they use a distributor, and I'm not arguing that that there is no place for a distributor. I mean. If you're Walmart or Target, that's so many goods that at some point, I think a technology platform could replace that. Mm -hmm. um, but that's not something someone's going to disrupt. Mm. You know, not right away. Right. Not right away. But here's an interesting fact: in I believe 1990, don't quote me on this, but 1990, um, there were there were approximately 10 um, alcohol distributors in the United States that distributed approximately 98% of all goods. Now between 1990. In 2015, and granted that's a long period of time, but we're talking about combating one antiquated system with another antiquated system. Since then, from those 10 distributors, two of them went out of business, and 33,992 started in the last 25 years. 
and have started doing niche distribution throughout the United States and have taken away over 11% of the market share from those top 10 distributors. Wow. That's an interesting fact. Yep. The industry, I think, is moving away from consolidation. That means it can be done. That right? means it can be done. Yeah. It's moving away from consolidation. Mm -hmm. Cannabis is moving away from consolidation and we're not consolidated yet. Mm -hmm. Lots of things are moving away from consolidation because te technology allows for, sure. for there to be fragmentation that's still tied together through a network. Uber is a great example. Talk about a fragmented network of people that have been tied into one cohesive unit to provide transportation for millions every day mm -hmm. through a technology platform. Yep. Technology enables a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And in alcohol, I do believe that when the time comes, um, depending on on what direction or inflection, you know, what the inflection point is, the time for trade of that, then as little as 10 years, a company like ours um, or us could move into the alcohol industry and do the very same thing that we're doing in the cannabis industry and achieve you a 20% savings at the consumer level and achieve a 20% increased revenue for uh, the producer. Wow. By nothing other than removing an antiquated and unnecessary set sure. from the supply chain and replacing it with a much cheaper, more efficient technology-based option. Yeah, yeah, I think a, a fantastic analogy is restaurant delivery. Right, Right. Which, exactly. Which traditionally is controlled by a couple big players, mm -hmm. right? You know, mm -hmm. you have the, the restaurant delivery companies, which I, I won't name, but that everybody's familiar with. And what they're discovering, uh, and part of this is through OnFleet, so plug announced, uh, is that restaurants can do this themselves. Absolutely. Pretty easily, right? right. And right. then save so much money. You yeah. don't want to have to manage a delivery person. So don't. Yeah. Let OnFleet manage the delivery person yeah. with you. Yeah. Make it much easier. Mm -hmm. You know? And now that that piece of the business that was complicated and heavy that you were willing to outsource, you don't have to outsource it anymore. Mm -hmm. You know? And it's amazing, you know, Moore's Law tech, you know, the, the power of the chip, what increases twofold every 18 months or something like that. I'm probably butchering that. Yeah. But it's something like I've that. heard it too, yeah. Right, yeah, right. Yeah. And so, and, and, and I think technology and sort of the, the ability for businesses um, to hone in on a pain point and create a solution, we're getting better at that, mm -hmm. right? As, 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 a, as, a, as humans interacting with one another, discovery. collectively, we're getting better at that. Yeah, we're right? getting really good at discovery. We're getting right? very good at discovery. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and so not only is our computing power doubling you know, every X amount of months, I think the ability for us to solve problems and to create new solutions from almost a conceptual standpoint is, right. is increasing well, and accelerating the, as well. The frameworks for education itself have changed. Mm -hmm. and I think that's really what we're talking about as opposed to uh, here's the answer to the problem, memorize it. Right. We're now like here's a problem. There's any number of ways exactly. you can solve it. Right. And, and that's what startups are all about mm -hmm. and, and clearly There's that's what right you're all about. lots of right answers and lots of wrong answers. Right. Pick, pick, hopefully, you know, pick whichever one you want. Right, right, right. Or there is no right or wrong answer. Sure. There's different ways sure. to accomplish Fair this goal, yeah. right? Yeah, totally. So, yeah, totally yeah. cool. So that's kind of long-term for Trative, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. In the short term, you're working on your, your A, right? Your Series A. So, so yeah, we, we are, uh, uh, we're looking at, uh, we're, we're, we're laying down the foundation right now and meeting the goals um, for, for Series A and looking to do that the first quarter of next year. Mm -hmm. uh, we haven't determined the exact amount of the valuation. Mm -hmm. Um, but we've got a ton of support from the community. Mm -hmm. uh, we've got a ton of support from our board and our investors. And, uh, and, and we're meeting the metrics and we're doing really well. And we're looking to bring that to Oregon and to Washington next year. And a couple other states to include Beta in California the year after. And, uh, and so that's, uh, that's exactly where that money is going to be going.
Got it. And mm -hmm. tell me a little bit about that process. When when did you read the raise the seed, and how how did those conversations go for the first time? You know. Oh sure, yeah, yeah. We can talk a little bit about investment. Um, so so we were in the Canopy Boulder program. Yep. So we were about two months into the program before we announced the seed round when we were ready uh, with our prototype, and uh, that was I think in uh, June. And so we were able to raise uh, raise. Uh, we went to a million. We were able to raise that fairly quickly. Um, but there were certainly a lot of uh, uncertainties there, yeah. especially leading up to say your first investor. Yeah. You know, the first big commitment that you got. You know, that's a that's a very nervous ride, and then yeah. after that's a big roller coaster. Yeah. Um, and now looking back in hindsight, it's so funny because I was like, man, we had nothing to worry about. Mm -hmm. But that's only in hindsight. Right, right. You know? Right. Um, and so, you know, the conversations, I think. It's probably good that you didn't realize that then, right? I, I was like, that then might your be. Fire is like, yeah, yeah, for sure, yeah. right? Although you have no lack of fire. So yeah, I know. I need, to it, I need to tone it down. No, sometimes. you're chill, man. You're chill. Go ahead. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, so it was interesting. I think, uh, I suppose the best piece of advice I could give to fellow entrepreneurs that are going through a similar situation. Yep. Um, is that you have to make sure that you have to make sure you have the knowledge that empowers you to have the right conversations and to use the right terms and to understand what those terms mean. Yeah. And to and, and so when when you lay out your documentation, your pro forma, your P and L, your valuation model, that you can talk to those confidently. Right. Mm -hmm. You need to empower yourself with knowledge to have those conversations. And when you sit down with investors and you talk about when you talk about the tangible stuff. That's, that's easy. You don't want to give somebody a reason to say no during tangible stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, Just make sure that you're set, you're ready to go, and that you're empowered with the knowledge. And then when you get to talk about the secret sauce and what makes you you and what makes your business um, special, you know, that's your opportunity to shine. But you never get to that opportunity uh -huh. if you haven't laid the foundation with the things that you have to get right. Right. You know, regardless so there's of a certain just validation process before Absolutely. they even listen to who you Absolutely. are. Right? Absolutely. Fascinating. And it starts with the documentation. And how, what do you think prepared you for that? You know, how were you ready for those conversations? I think, you know, I think, you know, there's a couple, of, I, you know, I've had, I've had the, you know, the luck um, um, and opportunity to gain a lot of tangible business skills, you know, through, through my career um, to include, you know, like an MBA. And when you take classes and say corporate finance, I mean, there's, other than doing corporate finance, there's not a ton of other ways to understand corporate finance other than to take a class on it, you yep. know? Um, but at the same time, with that being said, there are, all, are alternate ways to sort of educate yourself, and I think that's reading, you know? Go to a meeting and get stumped on a question, you better go read everything mm -hmm. about that so it never stumps you again, and shame on you if it does. You yeah, know? Brad Feld has an amazing book. Anybody mm -hmm. that wants to check it out, he does uh, about you know being smarter than your VC and your and your lawyer, and uh, it's I pretty good what, stuff. It, it, and that, there's a lot of truth to that. Yeah, there's a lot of truth. My lawyer and I have a peer to peer discussion mm -hmm. typically when we're talking about these, and we we're developing a strategy together. Yeah. I'm not asking her what a convertible note means. Right. You know. Right. And that's very important. Sure. It's great. The, the amount of money you're paying to your lawyer every hour means a lot more if you guys can have a peer-to-peer -peer discussion, right? It's a more course. valuable discussion. Yeah. Yeah. You've yeah. got to read where you, if you don't understand. And, and, and actually, you know, and, and surround yourselves with experts or people more experienced that you can draw upon their knowledge and experience. I mean, you know, that's, that's anything. If you assume that you know it all, you've already lost. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to read. You have to recognize that you're going to have weaknesses and you have to surround yourself with people 
you know, to help you compensate for those weaknesses. And continuously learn. Absolutely, right. yeah, and yeah. strive to improve. Yeah. So you mentioned uh, law for a second, which is a really interesting topic in your case because you're moving very, very high valuables yeah. uh, that are recently sure. re legal, right? Right, right. Uh, and I wonder, I know that you use It's a, a little uh, trippy, right? Yeah. Yeah. $170,000 worth of marijuana being transacted yeah. in a single transaction, <laughs> you're like, that can't be true. And it's numbers on a page, but you know what that looks like, yeah. right? And that's crazy. Yeah. But it's happening. So how much liability do you retain? I mean, I know you're using Courier Partners. Sure. Right? He's yep. also going to be using OnFleet in, in conjunction Absolutely. with Courier yeah, Partners. So yeah. full uh, discretion there. Is that uh, three plugs? Three plugs. You're only allowed four. Dude, I'm the worst. Yeah. I plug, four is the max. I plug Meadow all the time, too. I'm like, shout out David Hula. I know. Dude, like, David's awesome. I love, yeah. I love Meadow. Yeah. Right. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So all I right. only get right. one more all plug. Right. I'll, right. I'll save it. Yep. I'll, I'll make it you careful. Save, save it for the very end. The question is, you have these Courier Partners, right? Right. right. So the Courier Partners... How much liability do you retain, mm -hmm. and how much do they? So, so here's 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 the basic thing: is that is that you know, if you're a producer and you want to have absolute control, well, you should probably just ship it yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, you should probably sell it yourself um, if you want to have absolute control. Um, but what I'd argue is you don't need absolute control because there's a lot of other ethical business owners out there and a lot of other people blank playing by the rules. In fact, there's a lot of regulation to make sure that they do. It's not, you know, it's not 2000 anymore. Mm -hmm. It's not even 2008 anymore. You know, it's, much di it's a much different environment. And so, you know, what we do is we have, you know, we have some pretty strict terms and conditions that, that sort of lay out what our involvement is. And what our involvement is, is that we help facilitate trade. And so if there's a problem, we help facilitate the, res the resolution of that problem. It doesn't mean that we ultimately have the ability to resolve the problem. You know, mm -hmm. if someone sells you marijuana with, with mold on it, and 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 you pay them, and they don't want to accept it back, well, that's any situation, mm -hmm. right? That could happen under any circumstances. Mm -hmm. When the transporter gets there with the product, you can still refuse. You can refuse it. Mm -hmm. It's okay. Mm -hmm. You know, they'll take it back. Yep. And and so. If you don't receive it and you accept it, well, now, now there's a little bit of a return sort of problem here. Now, we've had a couple RMAs and we've never had a bad situation. We've never even had sort of uncooperative clients. You know, I'm just saying that's the worst case scenario, right? right. Worst case scenario is that two businesses... You don't want it. You return it. You, you don't yeah. want it. You return yeah. it. Right. And our transporters are insured up to the maximum value of the contents they carry. Mm -hmm. We vet them and check their underwriter mm -hmm. before we onboard them. Um, and, uh, and we do that to make sure that, that neither our clients nor us, nor the transporters that we've, bit, we've put in a poor position ever have, or ever put in the position, um, um, to sort of be liable for something they cannot care, you know, they can't take care of, right? Mm -hmm. You don't want to have, that's the sort of situation that leads to legal action. So we've created a construct of rules within this ecosystem that everyone has to abide by. And as long as everybody abides by those rules, we can avoid 99.5% of those problems before they arise. And if they arise, we've got another set of rules that we paid a lot of money to have put in place to make sure that everyone's governed by a sort of collective trade agreement. It says, we will behave this way. And if we don't behave this way, this is the repercussion. Yeah, no, I mean, you're clearly all above board and, and doing things the right way is really important to you. Right, I, I can right. feel that. Mm -hmm. uh, do your peers follow the same rules? I mean, are there people in this industry that are, are breaking rules and just don't care about it? Or I mean, that you've yeah. come across anyway. Yeah, so, um, so we, yeah, we had a, uh, um, 
So one of our businesses didn't want to play by the rules mm -hmm. and uh, they put product up when it wasn't available. Mm. Um, they shipped a product with mold on it and, uh, and we had a couple issues with them and, and so we, uh, we suspended them from the system. Yeah. They don't want to leave. They want to come back. But when they come back, they better play by the rules or they're yeah. gone. Yeah. And so, so we just don't work with assholes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the whole value of your business is liability. Right. Right. So right. if you have a couple bad actors mm -hmm. like that, you're yeah. just like, you, there's no room for error. No. And, yeah. it, and, and it poisons the pool. Yeah. Sure. You know, like yeah. we have a lot of people that are literally, hey, it's business, right? But they're working together. Mm -hmm. We don't, and, and it's and it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. We don't need somebody to ruin that, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. So and so, I actually think they'll come around. Uh, you know, some 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 operational changes, and they'll be okay. But but you know, that's another great thing is if this was just a website, who's to vet all that stuff? There's real live human beings making sure this works for people. Got it. Right. And when that stuff happens, there's real live human beings resolving it for you, you know, to make sure it doesn't happen. And our, who and who are those people? Tell us about the, sure. the team a little bit. Yeah, so John, John's our director of client engagement. He's awesome, um, and uh, and so his job literally is to make customers happy. Like John, do whatever you have to do. But your job is to make customers happy, and he does a great job doing it. Cool. And then we have Cecilia. She's our director of trade, and so as you can imagine, business owners are busy, right? There might be a great opportunity for them that just came up on the marketplace. They don't know about it. Well. Cecilia and her team of account executives that work for her know exactly what you need and they know exactly what you want to sell. Mm -hmm. And so as products become available, our account executives and our director of trade um, help make sure that you know about the deals you want mm. and it drives a lot of trade. We're not, we're not selling for people. We're enlightening them to opportunities. They can make the decision, right? And that's what she does is she spends every day helping business owners um, find great opportunities mm -hmm. and, 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 and they love her for it. Um, and and so you know those are really that that dynamic. The solution are, architect is a, is a word that gets thrown around in this town. Solution architect. Yes. Man, San Francisco loves to make up titles. We do, <laughs> but that's the key there. We're just making them up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> solution architect. It's like yeah. in one room we make up titles, in the other room we make up valuations. You know, right, that's, right. that's kind of. The way I wanted to be called the uh, the supreme commander of the Allied forces um, <laughs> when I when I was uh, taking my position. They said I had I had to stick with CEO, but, Got it. which is fine. Too. You can call yourself whatever you want. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what do you call yourself? Uh, I am customer development. Customer development. Yeah. I feel like in San Francisco that should be way cooler. Well, we're a B2B company, so. That's true. It doesn't have to be yeah. sexy. Uh, so are we. You're among yeah. the coolest of the people that I talk to, but <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I know. We can be, we can be a little stodgy uh, sometimes. So back to the team. Are you hiring anybody? Are you looking to yeah. uh, build up the team? Well, so we've, we've actually made a couple hires recently, um, a couple new account executives. Cool. Uh, we're bringing on a... Uh, a supply chain engineer from Procter & Gamble, which is very exciting to help build supply chains in these new states, you know. He's been doing it for continents. He can manage Oregon and Washington. Um, and uh, um, so probably in conjunction uh, with, uh, uh, with our next round, um, towards the end of next quarter, uh, we'll be um, hiring quite a few um, different uh, technical engineers. Uh, we already have an architect, um, a couple other positions there. Uh, but really we're looking for um, very good talent in Washington, Oregon, and the Colorado areas for both trade, director of trade position I talked about. And typically those people come from some sort of broker background. Mm -hmm. So they've been doing this. Um, they've been doing this in an official capacity for some time, but not at scale. Mm -hmm. And we're bringing in their expertise and their contacts and the knowledge of the state, right? And mm -hmm. the environment. Mm -hmm. 
and that's a really key piece to our business. And so, uh, so typically we bring them in um, pretty early on, so we're looking for those in Oregon and Washington. Um, and, then, uh, and then we're actually hiring for, we have a regional director for Washington currently, but we're looking for a regional director in Colorado. Mm -hmm. And that's a position that's very hard to solicit for. You just have to find the right person. Right, yeah. Mm -hmm. And is that what you spend a lot of time doing? You spend I do, I spend a lot of time on culture and recruiting yeah. uh, and strategy. Um, and the team uh, the team does a great job at execution. Of course, I, I help there, but I don't have to help much. They've got it covered. Yeah, yeah like you have an awesome team. How big is the team now? So we've got, uh, so I think uh, with this most recent hire, we'll be at 14. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We'll be at 14 total. Very similar. We're about 14. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. Now, well, you guys are a little more efficient, I think. Uh, uh, you guys do a lot with We little. have a pretty big impact, yeah. but thank you for saying that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For the record, I didn't like, say the name of the company, so that's not my fourth plug, I don't think. No, you didn't. No, didn't. that doesn't count. I didn't. I'm good. I'm good. Okay, cool. Uh, all right, so recruiting, you spend a lot of time recruiting, right. a lot of time strategy, mm -hmm. and then your fundraising, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah. how, is, how is that round coming together? Uh, where, where do you stand with it? Uh, the one coming up yeah. soon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we have, uh, so we have a, actually, we have a tremendous amount of interest. Um, we're trying to find the best money from the interest as far as um, who can help us grow and scale the fastest, mm -hmm. you know? Because there is, you know, we have we have a wide range of investors and some of them outright where I'm a passive investor and that's fine, you know, especially in a seed round, like that's fine, you know? We're not gonna turn away a passive investor because they're a passive investor. Is um, your seed mainly angels? I mean, I know Canopy Boulder's a little part of that, let's but see. Our 1. Seed, 1.5 seed, correct? That's what, that's what you said? It was, uh, our seed was only one. One. Uh, okay. Yeah, it, it could have been one. We could have gone to 1.5. We decided at the time to keep it at one um, mm -hmm. in order to preserve equity um, for the team. Yeah. And, uh, and so our round was actually about half and half. So it was about, uh, it was about, it was about, a, it was about half private equity and, uh, and actually one syndication. Um, okay. And then about half angels. Okay. Um, uh, and we've got some great angels on the on, on our uh, in our portfolio, um, but you know, at the end of the day, our investors who are involved the most are our most valuable investors. Sure. You know, they give us so much more than just capital, and they're instrumental to what we're doing. Um, Emily Morgan from Poseidon are absolutely fabulous, fabulous board members. You know? Shout out Poseidon! Go back and watch that episode, guys. Yeah, it's, definitely, it's, it's a good, good, good episode. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, um, our friends at Anslinger Capital, Anthony Davis uh, and, and his guys, are great, great investors. They make a lot happen for us. So Where's Anslinger? Where are they based? Uh, they're based out of Seattle. Got it. And so when you have a lot of interest, yeah. you know, it takes a little bit of time to weed through um, the gems, you know, yeah. from grab. Yeah, there's a lot of bullshit investors out there. Yeah, there are. I kind of have a continued mantra on this show of like uh -huh. a lot of corny, uh, tire-kicking uh -huh. uh, assholes out yeah. there. Uh, yeah. They look a lot of decks and are interested, but never sure. write any checks, right? Sure, that happens a lot. I think a lot yeah. of people like. How do you cut through the noise? Is you just look at what else they've invested in? Yeah, sure. Uh, I can tell you. So this is this is typically like uh, typically conversation is um, is uh, so is this your first? Is, would this be your first cannabis investment? Um, yes or no? All mm -hmm. right, that's a good sign. Mm -hmm. If it's yes, that's 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 kind of a bit of a flag. Sure. Right. It's not to say they're not legitimate. But it's a flag. Yeah. You know. Uh, and so my next question would be, um, okay, so how long until you're looking to invest in this space, uh, or to make your next investment? Three to six months, a year. Right then and there, you know. Hopefully they're being yeah. honest enough that that they say a year. A yeah. year. Like yeah. we don't need to. We don't yeah. really need to talk that much. Then we can talk at the next round, yeah. perhaps. Right? right. Right. Something like that. So so when you're looking to make an investment, 
Um, I, I will sometimes ask who's in your portfolio. Yeah. If I have a sneaking suspicion that they're not legitimate, say so who's in your portfolio? You know, when's the last time you made a cannabis investment? Mm-hmm. You know, how much are you looking? This is the best question. How much are you looking to invest into the cannabis space, specifically technology within the cannabis space, in the next three months? Yeah. None. Okay, great. <laughs> you know, <laughs> let's move on. Thanks for your right? time. Yeah, thanks <laughs> for your time. And no, no, like, like, no, like, you yeah, know, no hard feelings. No hard feelings right? at yeah. all. Totally. Just, but that's, you know. I, I got to be efficient with my life. Everyone yeah. wants to be polite and everyone wants to be, everyone wants to be at the center of attention. Yeah. Right. Every, that's, that's why we've got investors that are pretending to write checks. They're not really writing. So they want to be at the center of attention. Sure. And you know what? More power to you. Yeah. But as an entrepreneur, I need to protect my time. Right. You know, that I'm investing into the investment process and just try to find a quick way to sort of vet those leads so that I can find the best investors first. And in this case, in our Series A, it's a little bit different because we actually have, you know, a lot of great leads. It's actually a matter of who is it that we want to have on the sure. team for growth purposes. It's an incredible problem because to have. We're, we're, it's an incredible problem. Yeah. Uh, it's an incredible problem to have, but the problem we're solving is also an incredible problem yeah. to have to try to solve. Sure. And yep. it requires a lot of support, right? Yep. It is hard. That's why there's been 12 companies that have tried to do what we've really? done. Really? Oh, yeah. 12? 12. Yeah. Across the board, and different states. And why do they fail? Because... I, you know, I think because they didn't have the right team, they didn't have the right vision, they didn't have the right timing, they didn't have the capital. It's a very challenging problem to even attempt to solve, to even attempt to solve. It took us a million dollars to launch an experiment and to prove that the experiment worked. A million. And an exceptional team. And how do you know the experiment worked? Well, you know, we had a great product market fit. Uh, we're growing... Um, Five percent day over day, sixty percent month over month. Revenue's growing. Sixty percent month over month growth. Right, we're adding two That's to three a, businesses per day. Yeah, right. Yeah, um, and the revenue grow is growing commensurately. So we had actually initially anticipated that the average client value would be somewhere around three hundred and fifty dollars total, oh. ever oh. for small and medium sized businesses. Yeah. What we found is even early on, waiving our subscription fee for the first three months, our average client value is seven hundred and fifty dollars per month. And we have a client that's that's netting us over fifteen thousand a month. One client that was not the expectations. The, the no one knew what the pricing and this whole piece was going to look like. We had no idea. It was yep. an experiment, and the experiment turned out to be a much more Fantastic. valuable product yeah. than we had thought. And so and so you know that's how we know it's a success. Is that you know I think when you can turn somebody that's been doing something for five years one way in four orders take them to $350,000 of revenue over the course of two weeks and convert them into a, a lifetime trade of customer, that means the experiment works. Yeah, well, congratulations on the early success, man. That's, yeah, that's incredible. But what it really means to me is for all the founders out there listening, yeah. basically cannabis is ripe for any kind of change, right? Ripe for innovation. People are ready yeah, to absolutely. embrace a better option uh, and it's still so young that right. if you think you have a good idea, run with it, you know, absolutely. be there. Right. Uh, yeah, very, very cool. So with those kind of growth numbers, sure. we're talking about a pretty sizable A round. Do you have it's, a number in mind? I'm not going to let the number out right okay. now. Okay. It's too early. Yeah. Um, the, the board and I have yet to have a discussion as a whole yeah. on the topic. And so, yeah. But we're having that discussion very soon and everyone's, everyone's excited to have the discussion. Got it. And, uh, and so yeah, we're talking about a sizable A round um, and we have a lot of ambition and, we've got, and we're building a team for mock speed. 
Mm-hmm. And I think our investors know that now, and that's mm-hmm. why we have their support. And uh, and we're doing some interesting things that I don't think startups typically do. And it's like? just like moving fast in, a, in an environment as complicated as this, you know, where we're we're regularly dealing with regulators. I have I have at least three meetings with three different regulatory bodies in three different states over the course of a month. I don't know the last startup that had to deal with that level of complexity, including all of the normal things you have to do to run a business. Sure. To include the financial piece of moving money within the cannabis industry. To include trying to conduct business development with people that have been used to doing this in the dark for 20 years. You combine all those things and also move as quickly as we're moving. Mm. And, and that whole process requires people and talent that may not be commensurate with a traditional startup at this stage, yep. but our growth, our growth numbers and the numbers we're putting on the board at this early stage are also not commensurate with what sure. you traditionally see to have a B2B SaaS company in, 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 after 50 days. Yep. And so that's what I mean by we're just doing something interesting. We've got some awesome traction and an awesome future and we're seizing it right now. Yep. Wow. That was a hell of a pitch, man. Congratulations on that. Yeah, fuck yeah. That was great. Fuck yeah. yeah. Uh, Cool. What else should we talk about here? Well, we've come to... How much time do we have? What time? What are we on the... There there are no limits. There's no limits. Yeah, there's no limits. Uh, I just talk until... Yeah, until we're kind of done. Mm -hmm. Uh, But anyway, we've come to my favorite portion Mm. of the show. Mm. Uh, I'm fascinated by these brilliant entrepreneurs how they consume cannabis in their personal life, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, what kind of strains do you like? Do you have a favorite strain? I do Skywalker, man. Skywalker. Skywalker. Why? It. Uh, I have back pain. Yep. And uh, and Skywalker. You're tall. Just, tall people just, just have back pain, right? What's That's that? Tall people. Just tall like, people. I was in the military. We, we carried a lot of heavy uh, shit for a long time. What branch of the military? I was in the Marines. Got it. Yeah, yeah, for about eight years. Um, and uh, and so yeah, you carry around heavy stuff. Tall people. I mean, backs just. You know, it's not a good combination. Yeah. So, but Skywalker does it for me, dude. Got it. Yeah, I love I love Skywalker. And how do you consume? What? Oh man. So so I'm a consumer. I like I like you know my my team my team has questions on concentrates. They're like ah, ask the CEO, right? Nice. Which is I think it's cool. Yeah. You know, just between us, I think it's cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> just between us. Just between. Don't us. worry. No one watches the show. Right. So it's, it's cool. <laughs> I hope that's not the case. You no. told me there's a lot of people. <laughs> so, so no, I, I enjoy I enjoy my concentrates. Um, I enjoy edibles as well. Um, I think if the you know if I was to, if you were to say hey you can only smoke pot one way for the rest of your life, it, it, would, it I would have to debate between the bomb and a joint. Yeah, one of the two. Yeah, I have to say. Well, that's where I would be too. I think that I do eventually side oh. on the bong side, I think or specifically so too. a bubbler. Uh, a I just got oh, a pretty good uh, custom creations bubbler. Shout out custom creations. Yeah, maybe we could, like put their ad right here. Yeah, give us some money. But, yeah, they actually uh, paid to do that. Don't let them. <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't actually do that. I'm if kidding. that were true, that would be the most amazing native <laughs> advertising it that would, I just like slipped in here. God. But anyway, triple ratchet <laughs> bubbler. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and it's like a little smaller too. Right. It's like a very manageable kind okay. of Wednesday night type. I'm getting piece. excited now. Yeah. And uh, yeah, well, you can come over and check it out. If yeah. You want. yeah. Uh, but anyway, that's what I'm smoking on currently, and okay. I. I think it's just more versatile. Like, yeah, yeah, the joint is really nice. It's kind of communal and sure. social, and sure. I love to roll joints as well. Yeah, sure. Uh, but it takes a little more time, a little more deliberation, though. It's yeah. nice. 
nice to be able to crush it, drop it, put it in the and bowl. And it's also not as clean, right? A, sure. A joint you still got the papers and it's yeah. not filtered at all. You so I mean, you can smoke a pinner, but then it's more paper. It's like, that's kind of a lot of effort for a little, like just, just pack a bowl. Yeah, I kind of have a rule. Like I don't really roll a joint unless there's three people. Okay. Like I don't yeah, really roll a two-person yeah, joint. Yeah, that's you know? true. Definitely not a single-person joint. Maybe yeah. unless you're going on a hike or something. That would well, be. yeah, that's that's, that's a different, whole different. Though. Yeah. There are exceptions to every. Role. There's exceptions to every. There are exceptions to every. Role. Right. Yeah. All I'm right. Actually, man. I'm actually enjoying uh, my vape exhale right now. Shout out for vape exhale. Yeah. What's yeah. up, Sabo? Yeah. yeah Sabo. Yeah. yeah. I've been using this honeycomb right now. Uh, it's great. I actually, I'm really enjoying the uh, the, the the vape exhale. Right. So for dabbing. Yep. You just. I know everyone's like, oh, I want to drop into the hot nail, you know? Like, okay, I realize there's like some fun about that, but dude, Sabo shit's easy as fuck. Yeah. Like, it's so easy, right? You just drop it in, and you wait for it to smoke, you put it on the top, you take it all, and you're done. It's so easy. Incredible. And it tastes great. I love that you, you can attach it to any uh, of your existing like bubblers or, yeah. or bombs or whatever. Totally, yeah. Which is incredible. Which is Sabo really showing cool. me that yesterday. Yeah, right. with the silicone. Any yeah. other uh, Poseidon portfolio companies you want to shout out here? Wow. Yeah, certainly. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, so some, uh, some more Poseidon. So I think, uh, the, so the one I will shout out is Headset. Uh, headset with Cy um, and, uh, and Brian and Scott. That great team. Great product. Uh, they're competing with uh, Roy Bingham's company, BDS. Yep. Uh, so that'll be an interesting uh, uh, competition. I'll write your fellow uh, Canopy yeah, Boulder fellow classmate. Can yeah, absolutely. How was yeah. Canopy? How was that experience? Yeah, no, it was good. Yeah. yeah, it was good. No, I think, you know, I think like with many accelerators, you get out of it, and with anything in life, you get out of it what you put into it, right? They're providing you a springboard, an opportunity, validation, credibility, contacts, and networks. Use them. Leverage them, and if you do that, it's absolutely worth it. Mm -hmm. But like anything in op, you know, anything in life, if there's, you know, if you don't seize a fleeting opportunity and you lose it, sure, you know, you didn't maximize the value mm -hmm. of, of the program. Yeah, and that's with any accelerator, or anything in life, I think. You yeah, know? sure. I mean, I've been a part of a, a couple accelerators, observed a lot of stuff, but, and uh, the ones that are kind of stand out and are really loud and like email you all the time and ask kind of questions. Uh -huh. Those are the ones that get the most value out of it, which right. is no surprise. Right, right, right. right yeah, because right. mm -hmm. I mean, accelerators, incubators are typically like one or two nights a week, right? Uh -huh. Like I know uh -huh. Canopy's a little different than that, but yep. but uh, yeah, so you have to kind of grasp full your touch points, you know? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yep. Canopy's full time all day. Full time right? all yeah. day for three months, yep. yeah. Quite immersive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Interesting. You know, I why think we no legitimately we accomplished in three months um, what it would have taken nine months cool. of hard work. Wow. Yep. Wow. No no kidding. Yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. All right, man. We'll plug some stuff. Uh, Trative. Is it .com? Yeah, Trative.com. Trative.com. It's you know for the average you know consumer who visits our site, they'll see a great portal. Yep. Where they could log in. Yeah. But then they can't. Right. They can't. But unfortunately, that's how the rules work. Yeah. When sure. You're talking about B two B trade and regulated sure. market. Um, but for cannabis businesses in Colorado specifically, um, we are moving flour in nearly less than twenty four hours in most cases, achieving above market rates, uh, and are very excited about what we're doing. And have a very excited team. Um, that work hard and they do a good job and we'd love to have you as a client. And if somebody wants to get a hold of you, if they want to work at Trative, if they want to be a customer, what's what's your email? So, all right. So if you want to work at Trative, yep. uh, you can email info at Trative.com. Ryan will pick it up and uh, and he's my, Ryan's my, our chief of operations officer. Cool. And he's my, my vetting program because we actually get a lot of employment inquiries. Got it. Most of them are weird. Uh, right. And, I uh, love weed. <laughs> I love. Let me we do, work. We there. get a lot of those. Yeah, we get a lot of those. Yeah, I really like weed and like like. 
Are you guys hiring? <laughs> yes. Yes and yeah. yes. <laughs> Not maybe. We'll talk later, right? Um, so if you want to invest in Trative. If you want to invest in Trative, uh, yeah, you can email me. It's uh, Aaron, A-E-R-O-N. I should tell the camera. I don't. I was like looking at the bathroom over here and yeah. talking to the bathroom. And I'm like, they don't. They don't really need my email. I should do an episode in the bathroom. So That'd be, be interesting. Kind of, be kind of crazy. Yeah. Or just, crazy. yeah, start there and like slowly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Aaron, A-E-R-O-N, at Trative.com. And uh, I would say we're only accepting accredited investors, except that kind of changed recently. Yeah, it did. And I don't really know what that means. But if you're not an accredited investor and weren't even a month ago, I'm not sure we'd be the right fit. <laughs> but we could certainly talk about it, I suppose. Well, you so, could certainly send him an email. <laughs> we could certainly, certainly send me an email. Aaron at Trative.com. Yeah, absolutely. I like talking to people, so we can just have a chat. How else? What other networks do you like? Do you like uh, Instagram, Twitter? Are you mm. active at all anywhere? So I actually hate social media. Okay. Um, but our chief marketing officer loves it. Well, I does, hope so. Yeah, and she does a great job. Okay. Uh, she keeps me as engaged as I have to be. Yeah. Um, and it's not why, that I don't, why do you hate social? We got to back. Why do you I hate think it's because it's like a time suck. Yeah, huge like time it's like suck. it's like you know even on my phone like I don't even like it. And then Facebook, it's like, it's like five notifications. I'm like, well, I should get rid of that little red five. So I'm gonna check it. And then when I add that up at the end of the week, I'm like, how much time did I spend just checking all of these? Notifications? But you should do that. You can just like not have it notify you. I could just delete it off my phone. <laughs> uh, but but Lisa would not like that. Yeah. Um, and so, so I um, won't be tweeting at you. No, soon. you know, there's a, there's an interesting, uh, I think it's called, uh, um, gosh, what is there? Uh, so there's a, there's a, there's a new basically LinkedIn yep. for cannabis professionals oh. that's being rolled out okay. and the name escapes me right now. Yeah, We'll find it, but maybe we can put it on the YouTube post or maybe something. Maybe your producer can find it. Yeah. yeah maybe he here. can find it. Yeah. yeah. And so, uh, and so anyhow, um, I think that's going to be an interesting thing to come to fruition. It's really, it's really like, you know, LinkedIn's a little bit, it's a little bit, if you're in your network on LinkedIn, you're in your network. Yep. But cannabis hasn't really developed one yet, you know, right, right. you know, and so that's, this is, this is the attempt to sort of bridge that sort of thing I see. and to take it to another level. Cause there's a lot of people that have, you know, you meet someone that's like, Oh, I've, I've been in cannabis for 25 years. That can mean two things. I could trust you. I could also not trust you. Yeah, you, you could know? also be a criminal. What kind of business yeah. were you doing in cannabis right, for the last yeah. 25 years? Yeah. It depends. Very You're a cultivator. Point. Awesome. Well, I moved weed like across the country. Like, nah, okay, well, let's we can, you know, let's yeah. let's see, right? Yeah. Um, but this one is supposed to know. This one's supposed to kind of tell you who your networks are as far as trust value goes, not necessarily just we know each other. You know, oh. how well do we know each other? And in a market, it's like a in, validation score. Right. In an industry like this, when you're trying to make connections with people, there might be some value to that. That's an interesting one that uh, that I was just uh, I was just turned on to last night, and, and uh, I'll be interested in checking that one out. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. yeah. We'll we'll try to get them on the show yeah. as well too. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. Well, we can certainly make that introduction. Yeah. yeah. Sweet man. Cool. Well, this has been a pleasure. Yeah. Me it's been too. really fun. Yeah. Thanks again for coming Thanks here. For we had some scheduling you. stuff, and you're all the way in San Diego, and then Colorado. But I know so it's happy been a while. We've been here. trying to do this for like yeah. months, right? Yeah. Oh, and man. in the interim, you became an on fleet customer. There we go. There's number four guys. <laughs> and that was organic. Too. That was organic. Good job. Everything I do is organic. Man. Did you see? There's no notes here. I didn't like read anything. You know, no, it's just no, like no, you it's, and it's, I. It's, and yeah, it's amazing. Just hanging out. Yeah. I think it gives it like kind of authentic. Interview Ackerman is just radiating off of you. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> this is episode 20, I think. 20 19. Yeah, 19. And uh, I've gotten good at it, I think. I yeah, don't know. I feel like it was. There's a lot of room to grow. Sure. But, There's yeah. always room to improve. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Aaron, it was a pleasure, man. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for coming. Yeah, for Good sure. to see you. Yeah. yeah. Me too. Thanks for watching, guys, yeah. and uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks for having us.